353 revolutions around the sun and other ordinary miracles. Written by Magnolia822 and read by Literarian. Chapter 4 London, 1908 As far as the eye could see, women in white and quite a few men thronged in Hyde Park. Many of them were curious onlookers, but many had come to London from all corners of England and even beyond for the March for Women's Votes, which some were whispering was the largest that had ever been held. It was a warm, clear Sunday. Crowley, or Miss Crowley, as she was known in certain circles these days, was dressed for the occasion as well and stood near Platform 6, listening to the impassioned speakers. Some of them she knew personally, having spent some time in recent years with the Women's Social Political Union. It wasn't truly demonic activity, perhaps, but she had always enjoyed inflaming the Tories. They did such bad things when they were angry, and supporting women's rights did that in spades. Her long hair was done up in pins under her hat, and she held her parasol aloft for extra shade. None of the humans around her spoke to her. She gave off a strong, unapproachable air that was mainly intended to dissuade humans from getting too close. Crowley had never liked being in a crowd. She noticed the angel some time later, standing among a small group of women not far off. Crowley had never seen Aziraphale in a dress before. The angel looked beautiful, hair drawn up in a curly mass of white under a white hat which had several white feathers issuing from it. The angel's full figure looked lovely swathed in white muslin, breasts accentuated by a satin sash. Crowley's heart thumped in her chest. It had been years since they had last met, and in spite of herself, Crowley was instantly drawn back to those moments in St. James Park. She had replayed them often enough. Do you know what trouble I'd be in if, if they knew I'd been fraternizing? It's completely out of the question. Fraternizing? Well, whatever you wish to call it. I do not think there's any point in discussing it further. I have lots of people to fraternize with, Angel. Of course you do. I don't need you. Well, and the feeling is mutual, obviously. Fraternizing. That was what they were to Aziraphale. Even after all this time, after Crowley had spent years trying to keep the angel safe, Crowley had come with a simple request, but had been met with only scorn. For years, Crowley's pride had not let her reach back out. 
Aziraphale had been unreasonable, and it was the angel's responsibility to do so as far as Crowley was concerned. Still, the anger wasn't as bitter as it used to be. Now it was tempered with years of longing and wondering if maybe Crowley had asked too much. She watched for some time as Aziraphale laughed with the women, head tossed back, and then the small group turned their attention to the speaker on the platform. Aziraphale wore a little pleased smile, and Crowley couldn't tear her eyes away. It was unbearably painful to be so close and yet be unable to touch, unable to offer a clever observation and bring out the angel's smile herself. The intensity of Crowley's scrutiny finally drew the angel's attention. A flush of shocked recognition appeared, and for a moment they just looked at one another. Crowley was sure that the angel would spurn her, but unexpectedly, after a quick word to the other women, she began to approach. Crowley, whatever are you doing here? The angel's voice was familiar and yet strange, a higher register than Crowley was used to. Still, it was lovely, and the angel was even prettier up close, cheeks and lips lightly rouged, and Crowley had to keep both hands firmly on her parasol to stop from running her fingers over the plump Cupid's bow. Fomenting, Angel, obviously. I do hope you're not going to interfere with the suffragettes. Not at all. I'm on their side. Yeah. Oh. Aziraphale nodded curtly. As am I. I am here with some representatives from the esteemed National Union of Women's Suffragette Societies. I'm with the WSPU. Crowley gestured to the little purple and green flower pin she wore on her breast. I see. They looked at one another. Crowley couldn't help noticing how the angel took her in, blue eyes drifting down over her body. She was equally open in her appraisal. Aziraphale smelled of dusty books and bergamo, a little hint of cologne, the scents Crowley missed most. How have you been? she asked, hoping her voice sounded level. Tolerable, I suppose. I, I have been meaning to... To what? To write to you. To apologize for what I said. Is there somewhere we can go to talk? Unfortunately, just at that moment, one of the women Aziraphale had been with came toward them. She was a plain-faced, poised woman of around forty, with brown hair tied loosely back in a bun. Miss Fell, who is your friend? I don't believe we have the pleasure of acquaintance. Aziraphale nodded. Ah, yes, this is Miss Crowley. Miss Crowley, may I introduce Millicent Fawcett? 
Miss Crowley is one of the WSPU. A pleasure, Miss Fawcett, Crowley said, giving a little curtsy. Miss Fell is one of our most dedicated members, said Fawcett. We've been so blessed to have her. Crowley couldn't hold back a smirk. Yeah, I believe that. That's too kind of you to say. Aziraphale's cheeks flushed pink with a little glare directed at Crowley. Miss Crowley, am I correct in assuming you are acquainted with Mrs. Pethick Lawrence? I do believe I have seen you with her before. Crowley was going to respond, but the woman kept speaking. She certainly did outdo herself today. I don't believe I've ever seen such an impressive crowd. She seemed almost put out, likely because the march she had organized just a week before hadn't been even half as large. Crowley felt Aziraphale's warm hand on her elbow. Do excuse us, Mrs. Fawcett. Miss Crowley and I have something to attend to. I'll join the rest of you later. Very well, good day, said Fawcett with a little nod and returned to her companions. Crowley allowed the angel to lead her away. I was just getting to know your friend. Yes, well, I think it's for the best if we all don't get too chummy. The crowd parted around them as they made their way from the stages where the final speakers were wrapping up to the less populated area of the park. Aziraphale's words were like a burr in Crowley's side. She glanced sideways at the angel, who was still walking with one hand on Crowley's arm. To anyone else, they might have looked like dear friends strolling together, but Crowley had never felt more distant from her lover. Former lover? Aziraphale had never been able to name it. I know how you feel about fraternizing. Her words were tinged with bitterness. A pained expression flitted across the angel's face and the grip on Crowley's arm slackened. I suppose... Suppose I deserve that. I must tell you that I have long regretted my words to you that day. Have you? I haven't received so much as a note, Miss Fell. I have regretted them every day, but I also thought it was for the best for us not to see each other. Aziraphale sounded wretched, and in spite of herself, Crowley felt her resolve to firmness begin to erode. She had always been a fool for the angel, even more so when the angel was hurting. They were in a standoff trace now, and the crowd of the march had thinned considerably, so that they had some privacy, which Crowley reinforced with a demonic miracle, to be on the safe side. Beelzebub had long lost interest in Crowley's doings. There was some unrest in hell that kept them busy most days, but they were still out in the open and she didn't want to take any chances. Whatever happened to not making unilateral decisions, Angel? 
I thought you were against those. Please, please let me explain. I said what I said out of anger. Crowley, you know what holy water could do to you. If you make one small mistake, one little slip, you'd be gone forever. And I couldn't live with myself if that happened. Yeah, I would hate to be a weight on your conscience, Angel. I know how much you like to keep it clean. That's not what I mean at all, and you know it. Blast you, Crowley. Her blue eyes filled with tears, and she turned away, shielding her face and dabbing it with a tartan handkerchief. Crowley wanted to turn away as well. She should turn away, she knew. It would save them both a lot of trouble. Instead, she moved closer. Let's just go back to how we used to be, Angel. Forget about it. I still can't give you what you asked for. Aziraphale said miserably through her tears, and Crowley knew she meant much more than the water. Yeah, I know. Discarding the parasol completely, she reached out with both hands and put them on the angel's shoulders, turning her so that they faced one another. I know there are certain limitations, but it would be worse never to see you again. There was a struggle behind Aziraphale's eyes. Limitations? she echoed. They regarded one another hesitantly, and Crowley's miserable excuse for a heart thumped painfully against her ribcage. Aziraphale's lips parted, wetted quickly with a pink tongue, and Crowley wondered if they weren't really in the wrong jobs after all. No one had ever been created for tempting the way that Aziraphale tempted Crowley. They drew together like magnets, pressing chest against chest. Crowley kissed her softly, and Aziraphale made a little moan into her mouth, then sealed their lips together. All at once, Crowley's mind cleared, and she knew precisely what she had to do. She wrapped her arms tightly around Aziraphale's waist and moved them further into the cool shade of the little cops. It was dangerous to be out here like this, but it was thrilling, and Crowley remembered how ready Aziraphale had been on the train, how greedy for it. The angel seemed greedy for it now, too, with the way she was clinging to Crowley and welcoming her tongue and teeth, welcoming all of it. Maybe they could have this, too. Maybe they could still come together like this and not worry about what it meant, not try to name it. They had done it for centuries. Crowley was wet and aching between her legs, and the angel must have felt the same. All of a sudden, 
Crowley found her back pressed against a tree with a hot, needy angel kissing her mouth, then her neck, eagerly trying to get at the very little skin that was revealed. Crowley cursed the dresses and petticoats and layers between them and their ridiculous hats, which kept bumping until Crowley miracled hers away and pushed the angels back from her face. They ground against one another's thigh as they kissed and held on to each other. Crowley had never seen the angel with breasts, and they were almost more than she could bear. She wanted to see everything, all of the angel's many luscious curves laid out bare before her, wanted to take her time and make the angel feel good, but this would have to do. Aziraphale's mouth was so soft and inviting, and she was making little high-pitched sounds as she rode Crowley's thigh. Crowley let her holding her and encouraging her toward her release. Her own body was strung tight, ready to let go with only a little more urging. That's it, Angel, I've got you. <sighs> Crowley! Aziraphale's eyes were closed as she started to come, and she rested her head on Crowley's shoulder as her body shuddered gently, and then was still. Crowley was painfully aroused, and vaguely aware that the skin of her back had been scraped against the tree, but before she could do anything about it, Aziraphale was dropping to her knees. Please let me... Big blue eyes looked up at her, and without another thought, Crowley vanished her undergarments. Aziraphale removed her hat, which by now was only hanging on with a pin, and then she pulled up Crowley's skirt and settled beneath it. Crowley knocked her head back against the trunk as she felt the angel's warm mouth close on her pussy. She was positively dripping, and she pulled aside the cotton and silk to run her hands through Aziraphale's soft hair while she ground shamelessly against her. Aziraphale encouraged her to lift one leg and place it over her shoulder for better access, and Crowley nearly swooned. The angel was strong. Crowley sometimes forgot that, but this was a very clear reminder. Her mouth was greedy, and she seemed to love it as much as Crowley did, making little hungry sounds as she licked and suckled on Crowley's clit. It didn't take long after that, once the angel built firm, steady pressure. Crowley cried out as her orgasm shook through her. She would have fallen had Aziraphale not been holding her up, eating at her until she almost sobbed with pleasure. After, they were both a mess. 
hair askew, clothing smudged with sap and other tree debris. Azira fell straightened her sash, and Crowley leaned down to pick up a glove that had fallen in the dirt and been stepped on. It was the angel's, smaller for her more petite hand. Crowley ran her fingers over the fine lace and was about to pass it back with a little comment when she noticed something that stopped her cold. Aziraphale didn't think herself observed. She was still putting herself to rights, slightly turned away, but the expression on her face was unmistakable. Regret. It had been a mistake, that much was clear from the way the angel's hands fluttered distractedly as she patted her hair, fixing the feathers of her ruined hat. Crowley pretended to fiddle with her parasol, not quite able to face the fact that nothing fundamental had changed. And the angel had told her, hadn't she? She had told her the truth and had tried to stay away for the both of their sakes, and Crowley had to accept it. If not for their chance meeting, this never would have happened. They were essentially incompatible. Perhaps they could still work together, even meet for dinner or the theatre, but they couldn't have what she most wanted. They couldn't share their real selves. Or their real feelings, and being intimate only made things worse. It only made it more clear what was missing. But could she live with seeing the angel and never touching her? That would be better than not having the angel at all, wouldn't it? This shouldn't happen again, Crowley said, hardly believing she'd been able to say the words. Better she do the dirty work so the angel wouldn't have to. It would save them both. Aziraphale turned to her, eyes wide. Oh! You were right, Angel. We've just taken a big risk and we need to be smart. Keep our wits about us and all that. Keep our distance. But I've missed you, my dear. I've missed you so terribly. Crowley dug her fingernails into her palm. Yeah. Not saying we shouldn't keep up with the arrangement. A trade here or there, we can still do that. Still meet up for lunch once in a while, if you like, but... The words felt like shards of glass in her throat. It's probably best if we don't do this again. Aziraphale had gone quite pale and for a moment Crowley wondered if she'd made a terrible error of judgment, but then the angel was nodding stiffly and saying, Yes, that's sensible. You're quite right. She gave Crowley a watery smile. I'm off to Belgium next week. Can I take care of anything for you? Oh. 
Aziraphale touched her hand to her face. I'll have to get back to you. I'll send a telegram. Crowley was going to suggest a meeting in the park, but she nodded. It was better this way. All right, I'll look forward to it. They walked out of the trees together, back into the crowd of people who had no conception of what had just passed between an angel and a demon only steps away. Once, Crowley would have laughed about it, would have taken the angel's hand in a secret squeeze behind their backs before they parted. Today, however, she could only cover her head once again with her parasol and watch as the angel returned to her friends. It was a beautiful day in June, and Crowley watched her heart walk away.